want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios, it's the Fade Route with DNZ. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the Hey Yo Studio. Hey yo. This is the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D. We got a great show for you tonight. Final four is set. Uh, the Ravens might be looking for a new quarterback. And we order up the top five remaining free agents in the National Football League. But we begin today's show with baseball's back. Yes, it is. Oh, there's different size bases. There's a pitch clock. Uh, but you know what? Opening day is tomorrow, so take your kid out of school and go to opening day. Uh, the 2023 baseball season will be starting tomorrow. The last few weeks, we've been previewing our picks for each division. But see, who do you have in the title games? And who do you have in the World Series? Well, it's a great question. You know, you have a lot of a lot of the same, right? But as we've been going over and we've been ordering up, I've noticed anyway that a lot at a lot of the top was at the top last year, and was at the top the year before. That's the issue with Major League Baseball: is that the perennial the perennially good are good. Like that's that's the chalk, right? We're gonna talk about the the tournament in a little while and the lack of chalk. I see a lot of chalk here at this point. The Astros, chalk. Dodgers, Astros, chalk. man. Astros, man. Astros, Dodgers, Cardinals, Braves. Like that's chalky. Like the the Guardians, not so chalky. <laughs> right? You have your fair share. Like for me. I'm looking at it one through six because we do have the expanded playoff with the wild card. Last year, you got three from the American League East. You got three from the National League East. I'm, let's break it down. Like I have Astros taking home overall number one. It's very hard not to think otherwise. Blue Jays number two. White Sox three. Mariners are going to push. Mariners will be the fourth. And then I got the Orioles and I got the, and almost said the Indians, the Guardians. So I got like that. It. You know, it's hard for me not to think it's going to be Houston, Toronto, and the ALCS. Toronto moves on. I like their pitching just a little bit more than I like the Astros. Like, I like their lineup just a little bit more than I like the Astros. I mean, I, I'm already on record. I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Leader. yeah, I mean, he—it's either him or Otani. Like, I don't—I can't see Aaron Judge replicating the season he had last year. No way. 
So if if now, if not now, then when for Vlad Jr.? So I'm, I'm that's my pick for MVP. Toronto coming out of the American League. Nationally, you're looking at, you know, na- I said Mets narrowly over the Braves, right? So they'll be in two. Dodgers are still one. Dodgers one, Mets two, Cards three. Braves four. Greasy Joe and the Padres fifth. And I got the Phillies. I have the the exact same six that came out of the National League last year. I have coming out of the National League this year. But I think, I think the tide has turned. And as a Met fan, I'm optimistic. I'm going to maintain that optimism. And I'm going to have Blue Jays, Mets in the World Series. In, in something that may be unwatchable to the rest <laughs> of the country. Right? You have Northeast, the Northeastern United States, preferably, you know, not just Northeastern United States, you have New York, you know, there's 49 other states, and then there's New York. And even within New York, there's New York City. Let's not forget that. New York City is an animal unto itself. So there's a certain crucible, there's a certain level of hatred that comes with being a New Yorker and being a new a member of New York City, right? <laughs> being somebody who lives here, somebody who you and I have cut our teeth living in New York City. We understand this. Like my fiance, she understands it, right? She's she is Bronx adjacent. And we understand that there's a different level to this. And the rest of the country is jealous, quite frankly. Sorry. And then you have the lone team in Canada. This is not the NHL. You have one team. Count them. Hey. One. One team, eh? One team, eh? A bunch of hosers. Let's go for a Timmy's after the game. And I gotta say... Mets in seven. Like, what kind of fan would I be if I didn't say Mets in seven? Well, you can it, be a fan without being a homer, right? I mean, there's, you a, difference. there's, can. there's a difference between a that, fan and a homer. I mean, don't be Michael K in us over here. That's, no, not, I'm not, that's not what our listeners want to hear. Did I say Mets in a sweep? Man, no. they're getting good. Michael K's getting crushed in the ratings. Jeez. Michael K's getting crushed in the ratings, but you know what? Both shows are bad. Like, bo- <laughs> both, both shows dri- are pretty bad. Both Bo- drive time Bo- shows are pretty bad. Carton is... I mean, that guy, he he can't talk in depth about any sport. I mean, he's really... He's more of a morning guy than he should be a drive guy. Like, I don't... I don't well, understand. They were looking... The fans said anybody... He's, they were looking for the anti-Mike Francesa. And they found the anti-Mike Francesa. <laughs> They found the exact opposite of Mike Francesa. You, you want, I mean, Mike Francesa was at least knowledgeable. Yes, was he full of himself? Yes, was he, you know, radically misinformed because he didn't stay up to watch the games or didn't watch the games at all? But uh, uh, there's a clip running around on Twitter. If you follow our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ, maybe I'll share it. It was a, a caller called into the, the Mike, uh, Mike Francesa show say, asking Mike if Ichiro Suzuki, yes, Ichiro, if Ichiro was a Hall of Famer. And he said no. He had to be reminded that Ichiro was a lifetime 313 hitter and had 3,000 hits in America. And then afterwards went, I don't know if he played long enough. 2,500 games, not long enough. <laughs> So, 2,500 games, 313 career batting average, 3,000 hit, not a whole thing. No, no. But, you know, back to what we were saying. You know, that's going to be a tough series. 
you know? The fan of me wants to say Mets in seven. The homer would be Mets in four, and they sweep all the way through. So I think that would be, you know, that would definitely be a reasonable expectation. But it's hard to say that it, it's... Would it surprise me if it was Dodgers-Astros? No. Would it surprise me if the Mariners made it to the American League Championship Series? No, they have a formidable team, and they're getting better. Could it end up being chalk and end up being a Cardinal World Series? No, none of these teams would surprise me. The only one that would... The only one that would genuinely surprise me if they made a serious run and made it to the World Series, let alone won it, is the Baltimore Orioles. Because they are very young, they are inexperienced, and I don't think they have enough pitching. So if they're able to somehow ride it to a World Series, hey, more power to them. But for the top, for the top 10 teams out of what we listed, it wouldn't surprise me if any of them won the World Series. Yeah, I mean, I really just focused on, uh, you know, the, the title games. Um, but if I was going to do, like, a six, like you said, I mean, Blue Jays, yes. Orioles, yes. White Sox, yes. Mariners, yes. Astros, yes. And that last team, I'm thinking probably the Guardians. I don't think, I don't really believe in the Yankees this year. Um, and then the National League side, I, yeah, I mean, it's... The National League East is just stacked, man. But I've got to—I've got the Padres, I've got the Dodgers, I've got the Cardinals, and yeah, I'm gonna go Braves, Mets, Phillies. I think they all get there. Um, so uh, I'm not trying to be a homer, but I do have the Braves and Dodgers in the National League Championship Series, and then the Braves representing the National League. I mean. They they just have everything. They have depth. They have pitching. They have hitting. They have talent. They're young. I mean, they've got it all. I really think Olsen comes out of his shell this year, even though he was batting right up there with Freddie last year. So it didn't. There wasn't much of a difference. I think Freddie hit like eight more doubles than him, but basically they were they were very similar player. Acuna, I love Harris Jr. Uh. The pitching, the, the pitching rotation. I mean, Fried, uh, Freed, Strider, Morton, Wright will be back in 15 days. Good lord, man. I mean, they don't have a closer. AJ Minter's a closer. He's not that great, but. I mean, they sent out Ian Anderson to AAA, too. Like, they, they have depth yeah, in the minors. That's pretty. I like him. I like that guy a lot. I was upset when I heard about him. Vaughn Grissom got sent down. He's not yeah. breaking the camp with the team. I was surprised at that, too. And then from the American League, I got the Astros playing the Orioles in the, in the championship wow. game. And I got the Astros beating them. And really, I know it's a repeat of a World Series a couple of years ago, but in this lineup, in this team, you got Bregman. They got Abreu. Did anybody forget that Jose Abreu is now on the Astros? How did that happen? Brantley's going to be coming back from labrum surgery. Jordan Alvarez is a beast. Just... Uh, it just it just goes on and on. Kyle Kyle Tucker's legit. Maybe um, Lance McCullers will finally pitch. Yeah, maybe he's gonna pitch. But I like Christian Javier. I think he's gonna really be their best guy this year. Do you um, think that, that they're not to cut you off about Christian Javier? Do you think there's gonna be any kind of repercussion for him regarding the whole rocking the baby motion? Because uh, that is one of the things that has been banned. 
So, like, his wind-up was actually banned. Do you think he's going to struggle trying to adjust to that? Or is he going to just kind of rock through it? No, he'll rock through it. He'll figure it out. Um, I just like his stuff. I think he's nasty. And he really came on last year. But, I mean, it's going to be an exciting season. Um, You know, and I'd be curious to see what happens with the Angels. And then, you know, come July, we'll see who's selling. Right? And then we'll see where it goes from there. I mean, we have a general idea of who is going to be sellers even before the season starts. And you figure, <laughs> you know, you, you're perennial seller dwellers, right? You're going to have the Marlins, you have the Nationals, you have the Pirates, you're going to have, you know, the the Royals, the Tiger, maybe the Tigers, because the Tigers threw money at the problem and that didn't work last year. Like that, I would say the A's, but what the hell do the, the A's have left to sell? There's nothing left. Like really, the auto, auto, autographed copies of Moneyball. But that's <laughs> signed by Brad Pitt. I'm curious to see if the Angels, if they come around, want to see the Rangers. I mean, the Rangers spent a lot of money the last two years. Can't be finishing in fourth, man. Opening day tomorrow. This is going to be really good. You know, Jacob DeGrom going up against Aaron Nola. He he, he is starting? He's tabbed the number one starter. He's going to be the opening day starter. No, no. DeGrom versus Nola. That's going to be a hell of a game. That is appointment television, ladies and gentlemen. So if you have the time, do it. Yeah, I'm serious with the the White Sox have. Um... You know, I think Kopech is coming off of an injury, but I think he's starting the home opener. And I believe they have this kid, Andrew Vaughn, who's supposed to be filling in for uh, Jose Abreu. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, this kid, he can play the outfield, he can play first base. I'm curious to see how, if, if he's legit. I mean, they're expecting him to fill up really big, big void. We're going to see Eloy uh, Jimenez, if he can stay healthy. This team, this team has got stars, man. They got players, man. So there's a lot of interesting storylines that are going to be going through. We're going to see people compete at a high level. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrowniecode.com for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at sweetlifebrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. And, you know, we're going to stick with baseball. <clears throat> the Yankees have decided to bring up their prized prospect, Anthony Volpe. Volpe crushed it this spring. And he's one of the prospects Cashman uh, 
uh, was did relish the last couple of years. Didn't want to trade. Didn't want to let go of. <coughs> Are you surprised the Yankees brought Volpe up now? And how quickly will he make an impact? I'm surprised he's still in pinstripes. Right? Under the previous business model, this is the guy who would have gotten you a top flight pitcher. Or this is the guy that would have like anchored a superstar third baseman. Right? He's the guy who would have gotten you Manny Machado. He's the guy who would have gotten you Juan Soto. To see that Anthony Volpe is going to crack camp, not only crack camp, but be in the starting lineup tomorrow. Yeah. You know, that's that yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be in there. He's gonna be in there, your starting shortstop. The first guy, first player making his major league debut and opening day start for the Yankees since Hideki Matsui. So that's pretty impressive. So he's in he's in good company. Now, he's got the blessing of Derek Jeter, whatever that means to you. But in the minors, solid player, right? He's had, you know, a thousand, he's had over a thousand at-bats in the minor league. So he's had a fair sample size to career 262 50 homers he's a complete player right he's not going to light the world on fire with his power it's coming around though last year he had 21 homers at triple a so like he if he can settle in early and this is the issue right like as long as it's not too big for him he won't be in scranton by june if the moment appears too big for him and he's hitting 181, they're going to have to pull the trigger on it. You know, it's regardless of whether IKF is playing well or not. Like, you can't have this kid, much in the way like tra- uh, with the way Jared Kelnick struggled, you can't have this kid who's supposed to be the, your can't-miss prospect, you can't have him struggling. You can't have him in your head, in his head. So if he, get, if he doesn't hit the ground running, got to get him down the minors. They got to get him back into form. But I really, you know, I can see him making a pretty substantial impact to this club, right? He brings the youth. He brings speed. He brings the hit tool. He can defend. He is an all-around player. Now, in the grand scheme of things, with the Yankees set up the way they are, he doesn't have to be the man. So that may take some pressure off of him. But I would not be surprised at all if Volpe ended up back in AAA for at least a cup of coffee this year. Yeah, I just don't think they had any alternative. There was, there was no other alternative other than just to bring this kid up and start him. No. Like who? Who's Oswaldo Cabrera is not going to do it. DJ Lemayhu pretty much got to play third. Him, Josh Donaldson, and IKF. Yeah. And there was they were kind of put in a corner. Um, I have more optimism than you do. I don't. I don't know if he's going to get sent down. I think he's going to play. He's going to play well enough to stay up here. I don't. I mean, Aaron Hicks is up here. I mean, if Aaron, I mean, Aaron Hicks gets on the field, Anthony Volpe can play too. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just worry. The only thing I worry about him is there is a lot of expectation 
around him. He's playing shortstop. Like you said, all these players that they passed on for him to play here and playing in the Bronx, they they expect the sun and the moon and the stars. Like, everybody remembers Jeter didn't play that great his first season. He was all right, you know? Like, at least in the beginning, it took a while. It took a while for him to get comfortable. So as long as they just, you know, let him ease into what he's got to do. And you got to understand, this was this is supposed to be a project. He's not supposed to be Alex Rodriguez this year. He's supposed to, you know, just feel this position and get timely hits. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you want to do a direct comparison, a lot the 96 Yankees was a veteran-laden team. It's very similar. So... Volpe is not going to be asked to do more than he can do. And that's kind of, I think, why Derek Jeter was able to settle in as relatively quickly as he did. Because he was never asked to do more than he was capable of doing. If he had to come up here and be the man, right? Aaron Judge, when he came up, he had to be the man. Because the Yankees were scuffling, right? The Yankees were in a in a rut, and they called him up and they called Tyler Austin up. Tyler Austin is long since retired. But <laughs> Aaron but Aaron Judge was the top prospect, expected to be the man, and didn't do that great. So it can go one way or the other. You know, pressure can either make diamonds or it can bust pipes. Uh, with all we've seen and all we've heard about this kid, like, he'll be able to handle it. But veterans come in and they can't handle it, right? Didi Gregorius struggled trying to replace Jeter. Tino Martinez struggled trying to replace Don Mattingly. Jason Giambi struggled to replace Tino Martinez. Like, this is a very real thing that happens when you put on the pinstripes. And the saving grace for him, the saving grace is that he seems to have a good head on his shoulders and... He's got good veteran presence. Like a guy like DJ LeMayhew, he's a pro. Like DJ LeMayhew would be is a great veteran mentor, right? A guy like Aaron Judge, great veteran mentor. Now, there are some guys that you you know should stay the hell away from on this team. You know he's going to be playing to your right tomorrow. You know stay away from Josh Donaldson. Stay stay away from Aaron Hicks. So, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic, would not be surprised, because very few guys, right, very few guys stick on the first try. It's very, you know, it's very rare. Mickey Mantle got sent back down. You know, if, if Mickey Mantle can get sent down, so can this kid. So, you know, just keep grinding, and he'll be... He'll definitely be there. But the Yankees do have options if he does struggle. Like, Oswaldo Cabrera is probably going to be an outfielder. IKF, IKF is IKF. But they do have Peraza. As long as they have Peraza, like, I think they're going to push each other. I think that's something that will be beneficial to Boone. It'll be beneficial to Cashman. It'll be beneficial to this team. Because they're going to push each other to be better. And they're going to push each other to keep one guy in AAA. So one guy's going to be in AAA, one guy, or the bench. And the other guy's going to be on the field. And they're going to push each other for playing time. And it's it's going to be very clear. 
either you produce or you don't play. And I think that's something that is, I think that's something that's critical to pl- to player development too. You're not being handed anything. You have to earn it. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. And speaking of earning it, we're switching over to football. Lamar Jackson. Speaking of earning, right? $230 million guaranteed. At least that's what he wants. He revealed today that he asked the Baltimore Ravens to trade him earlier this month. This marriage seems to be over. Where do the Ravens and Lamar go from here? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm a Ravens fan, and this is ugly. Uh, I think the Ravens need to trade him. Uh, The time has come. He's not going to budge, rightfully so. Uh, You need to trade him. Uh, Call Houston. Um, Call the Jets. Call the Colts. You got to trade him. It's time. And then as for Lamar, I mean, stick to your guns. You think you're worth all this money and this is what you want? And I say go for it. I Like I said, I told you, see, a couple weeks ago, if I'm not him, I'm not signing a franchise tag. There's no way. I'm not playing under a franchise tag. I missed the last six games last year because I was hurt. If I if I get hurt again this season, forget it. I'm not getting any money. Like, it's just not happening. Call the 49ers. I can't understand how the 49ers are not interested in this man. And the Jets, the Jets are so I don't understand. Like why would you go in why would you go into these meetings? The owners meetings in Arizona and say you're not interested in Lamar Jackson. Like, do you not need any leverage in this Aaron Rodgers situation? Like, how do you not call him and have him come in and at least talk to him? Because guess what, Z? If he does sign the franchise tender and he's only there for a year and Rodgers does come to New York and only plays for one year, guess what, Z? Guess what? You might still need Lamar Jackson. So why wouldn't you call the man? Why wouldn't you bring him in and talk to him and see how does he get along with the coaches? What does he think of the facility? What does he think of the players in this team? Like, could he potentially be a Jet? Maybe not this year, but maybe next year. And and you don't know what kind of deals people are offering him. Maybe you can get away with giving him a short-term contract and saying, hey, man, you stay healthy all 17, 18 games this year, we'll, we'll extend you. Like, come on, like, be creative. This whole thing where you're married to Aaron Rodgers, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. The longer this takes, the longer it takes for the Jets and the Packers. And But the Packers don't care. I don't think the Packers care. The Packers are they they want they want what they want and they're not gonna budge. Right. Much in the same way that Lamar wants what he wants and he's not gonna budge off but, his number. But now, I heard the Packers GM say that it's not it's not about a first round pick. So if it's not about a first round pick, then what is it about? Like, what do they want? Zach Wilson and the Jets don't want to give him Zach Wilson? Like, what are we talking about right now? 
Yeah, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be around some level of compensation that both teams can feel comfortable with. Now, maybe it's not multiple first round picks, but you got to figure a first round pick is going to exchange hands. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm calling the Panthers because that team is ready to go. Like you're telling me that the number one overall pick for Lamar Jackson wouldn't happen. Like, I would take that trade if I'm David Tepper. That team is ready to win now based on the free agent signings you made. Right? Who's going to, you know, that's great. You're going to have what? Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young. You're going to give him, you're going to give them the keys to a veteran laden team? No. If I'm Steve Bishotti, I'm calling David Tepper and I'm like, I'm floating this idea. Lamar for the number one pick. Like, straight up. Like, I don't need anything else. Because you're going to incur all the risk. Right? You're the one who's going to sign into the $230 million guaranteed contract. The risk is on you. Right? The Ravens, the Ravens are on the tail end. Right? They're, they're not the Ravens they used to be. They've changed offensive coordinators, too. So this is going to be very something very interesting. It's going to be something new for the Ravens. But they're still going to be a run-heavy team, regardless of what they do. So I'm calling the Panthers. I'm calling the say-what-you-will. And they love, you know, the, the Falcons are talking about, oh, Desmond Ritters, you're only as loyal as your options. If the if Steve Bishotti and, G, and John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens call you... And, like, what would you want for Lamar? You're telling me that they wouldn't put Lamar Jackson under center in Atlanta? No, I. that's, a, that's the that's other thing bullshit. I agree with you. Like, come on, Atlanta, it, how perfect of a fit would Lamar be in Atlanta where they have their tight end, they've got Drake London, they've got Arthur Smith, who's a run guy. He's a run first guy. Uh-huh. And they have Cordero Patterson, who's pretty goddamn good. Like, what? In a shit division? <laughs> this is this is a no-brainer here. Hey, none of this makes sense. You're not going to even talk to him. You don't even want to talk to him. This is all Jimmy Haslam's fault. It is. <laughs> it is it all is. Jimmy Haslam's it fault. It is. It is his fault, but, <laughs> but at some point, some team's got to be like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He, this man, is 26 years old. Uh-huh. He is 26 years old. He's already been an MVP. We've seen how dynamic he can be. You're gonna pay Deshaun Watson all that money, and you can't give him anything close to that. Now, granted, if he's going crazy asking for 230, 250 million dollars guaranteed, honestly, some teams just don't got it. Right? No. Like some teams just can't write that check. Like Arthur Blank can write that check. Yes. Okay? So and, and if you're the 49ers, you 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 we're gonna get into that now. Like, you know, the the Ravens are looking for possibly their guy. The GM John Lynch states this week that Brock Purdy, if healthy, will get first team reps in training camp and will be their starter. What? You traded all the way up for Trey Lance and Mr. Irrelevant, who's coming off shoulder and elbow surgery. He's your guy, and you're not going to call 
Lamar Jackson? What am I missing here? It's posturing. It's major league posturing. Everybody's posturing at this point in the season. Now they sounded real. <coughs> the thing with Trey Lance, there's still a little bit of uncertainty there, right? Like we've seen Jordan Love play. Like we kind of know what we kind of know what to expect from Jordan Love. What have we seen out of Trey Lance? You didn't see much in college. And you've seen even less in the pros. So, like, you can possibly sell somebody, right? Sell the Ravens on Trey Lance as part of a bigger Lamar Jackson package. But based on what we've seen, I can understand why Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are making that statement right now that Brock Purdy is the guy, right? He was definitely a shot in the arm at the right time. Could this all fall back to earth? Absolutely it could. We've seen it. We've seen guys have a good run and then be irrelevant. We had a, we've seen guys like Matt Flynn have monster games and then never heard from again. So, you know, it's a big deal from the standpoint of how little Trey Lance has done to impress. It's a big deal in terms of Brock Purdy. Like what what impact and what impression he's left on the 49ers coaching staff and the 49ers GM. Now, who's to say that Brock Purdy isn't the guy being moved to Baltimore if they were going to do the Lamar Jackson package? No. No, I don't think Baltimore is interested in him. Purdy and some picks? Now, think about this. Compare this to the rumor about the Patriots. Matt Jones would be going back to Baltimore. Because there's no way Matt Jones is going to stay there. Matt Jones and picks compared to Brock Purdy and picks. Who would you, if you were presented with both offers, as a Ravens fan, who would you prefer? Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Interesting. I don't want anything to do with Brock Purdy. No thanks. No thanks at all. Um, yeah, I don't believe the Patriots stuff. That's all just hogwash. They're sticking with Mac Jones. Bill Callahan does not want to be coaching Lamar Jackson. I guess the problem with Lamar is people are maybe a little intimidated by him, thinking that they've got to change their offense for him. You got to change your playbook. Mm. You know, that could be one of the things that's concerning. If you're just if you're the Miami Dolphins, how are you not talking to him? You're not even talking to him. That's the part that does. That's the part that bothers me. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're gonna say you're not interested in him. You're not interested in all. He's 26 years old. We don't know what he's gonna be. I mean, yeah, he runs a lot. You're telling me you can't make him a better passer. He's a good passer. He's a better passer than people gave him credit for. But I do, I do, I don't think he's going to be playing in Baltimore. I think that that's done. And then the the, the, the commanders, the command, you guys, you guys won't even have a cup of coffee with him. It's very strange. Well, maybe they're waiting for that six billion dollar sale to come through, and then they'll have uh, they'll have new some owners, more money. They have new owners that will say, "Yeah, go get this." 
But back to the Brock Purdy thing, I, I think it's an enormous deal that in March you're talking about Mr. Irrelevant being your starting quarterback when you traded all those picks for Trey Lance. You're essentially saying the draft doesn't mean anything. You're essentially saying that, oh, yeah, I'll trade whoever, whatever, and get whatever. And if that doesn't work out, it doesn't matter. Is that that might be the error we're moving into, Z? It might be an error where GM could totally botch a draft and you don't lose your job. And this might have started a couple of years ago, what we saw with Pace over in Chicago. He clearly botched the Trubisky trade in a draft. And he got to stick around, hire coaches, draft more players, and man, beat that thing to shit. And Trubisky can't can't start on another team right now. No, he's well, that's also a little bit of Mitch's problem. Like we can't really put it all on them. We could definitely no, well, I you know, can't. Mitch is definitely, you know, he had an opportunity like Carson Wentz had multiple opportunities to prove that he is better than we think he is. But he's above no. 500. No. So, you know, at, at some point individual players have to play. Like, you know, that's one thing, you know, player players eventually have to play. Like that, that needs to happen. Now, as far as individual players, like this could be an admission that, yeah, we screwed up. Yeah, we evaluate we evaluated this guy too high. You know, but we're spending, we're outspending the problem. Right? Look at what San Francisco has done. In addition to the Trey, yes, they they drafted Trey Lance, but then they brought in Ayuk, Debo. They traded for McCaffrey. Like they're making moves to make Trent Williams. They're making this team so formidable that you can, you know, you can compensate for this. And it, it's it's something to be said that you that teams are starting to do this. And it really started, like, with the Rams. You know, the, the Rams really, like, kicked it in high gear, not really caring too much about their draft capital and draft equity. Yes, they bought themselves a championship, but at what cost? So it's, how far do you go? You know, they, they bought the quarterback and other players. The Niners are not... They didn't buy the quarterback. At least not yet. They haven't bought a quarterback yet. So, they still have a ways to go. The two rookie contracts allow them to kind of maneuver a little bit in that space. So, it's not over yet. It's not over yet by a long shot. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much. With FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com.
And speaking of not over yet, the NCAA tournament's still going on. Your bracket might be busted, and <laughs> thousands upon thousands of people have their brackets busted. But the Final Four is set. Only 37 people had this. Florida Atlantic, Yukon, Miami, Florida, and San Diego State. UConn is the veteran here. They were last in in 2014. But there are a lot of new faces this year. Is this good or bad for college uh, college basketball? Who you got? It's tough. It's tough. It's it's good in the sense that you know this is all the transfer portal, mm-hmm. right? And it's bringing parity. It's giving other teams and other schools a chance. I mean, in college basketball. When you're talking about the NCAA tournament, you're talking about one game, one day. Anybody can beat anybody. And we saw that this year with another one seed getting going down to a 16 seed. Um, I I mean, it's not good for betting, uh, but I think it's it, it makes it more fun. I want to. I don't want to see Kansas and Duke and North Carolina. I don't want to see those teams every year. I want to see different teams. I want to see different players go. Um, yeah, I think the NIL has also a factor because a lot of players are sticking around a little longer because they're getting paid more in college than they're ever going to get paid in the NBA. Um, who do I got? You know, it's tough because Miami has Jim Laranago, who's probably one of the best college coaches of all time. And they have a lot of they have a lot of athleticism on that team. They got good athletes. Miami. Always has good athletes. Same thing with Florida State. I feel like they always have good athletes on their on their basketball teams. Now UConn, you know UConn just blowing people out. They're beating teams, not conference teams, by over 20 points in, in the, even in this tournament. And then you, Jim Laranaga is a good coach. Hurley comes from a coaching family. Like they are just that's just basketball blood. Um, so I haven't seen a team really measure up to UConn yet. I think Miami's going to be the only team that's going to be giving them a challenge. I think once UConn gets to the championship, they're just, if they play FAU, let's blow out City. Well, I had UConn at the beginning, and yet that is definitely... It's a, an emerging juggernaut. They're beating non-conference people. They're drubbing non-conference opponents. You don't see that. You don't see that often. Now, the one thing you do have that, you know, is different than what we've been seeing is that you have the veteran presence of Jim Laranega. Jim Laranega took a bunch of nobodies in George Mason and took them to the Final Four. So, coaching-wise, they match up. They match up very well. The teams match up statistically very well. Miami and UConn are within about a point in terms of average points per game. It's about a point difference. UConn is more dominant on the glass, more assists, and better defense by about seven fewer points per game. Now, this point in the year, 
you can kind of throw out a lot of statistics just because, you know, it's based on the schedule of the regular season, who they play, you know, but it's one of those things that you need to take into account getting hot at the right time. UConn had their lull very early in the season. And now they are roaring back and firing on all cylinders. Miami just kind of had a ho-hum year, right? And now they're roaring. They were able to catch some teams now. They're catching them at the right time. This is going to be a uh, this is going to be a slugfest. Like these teams are going to go at each other. They're not scared of each other. They're very comparable. Very very comparable. And it's going to be that one, that one turnover, or that one play. You really think it's going to be that close? I just, I, I don't do. see it. Be, I don't see it being close. I just, th- there's nothing that I've seen this this far in this tournament that screams to me that Miami's going to have a plan to shut down UConn's best players or slow them down because I don't think Miami can score with them. I don't think Miami's going to be able to put up 80 points or 70 points. I don't see that. If Miami wins, it's got to be it's got to be a 60s or a 70s points game. Um, and you know, we're talking a lot about one side. You go on the other side. I mean, FAU. I mean, I think they only lost three games all year. Mm-hmm. And San Diego State, another team that always has athleticism. They always got good athletes on their team. I mean, are do we give either of those teams a shot if they were to face like a team like Miami or a team like UConn? If I'm going to give one team a shot of the two, I am going to I'm going to give San Diego State more of the benefit of the doubt. Just because of their athleticism or athleticism, yeah. veteran presence, a lot of upperclassmen. So, you definitely you have a little bit more seasoning there. And I think that matters. You know, it's it's not a bunch of one and done. It's not a bunch of 18, 19 year olds. You have some you know, some guys who have been around the block, and I think that is going to make a big difference. Now, when you get to the championship game, all bets are off. Like, that's just how this works. Because you're playing, you know, you'll be playing in a different stadium. Sometimes the court is elevated. So that kind of messes with the shooting. So yeah. we've seen that a bunch of times, too. It messes, the, it messes with that perception. Yeah, yeah. So that is going... that artificially will mess with the score and will mess with the the shooters. So, you know, I I do think if we're going to, you know, focus on the other side, yeah, their Florida Atlantic was 35 and three. San Diego state was 31 and six. It's not like they were, you know, it's not like they were a a lucky plucky team that got in. It's not like fairly Dickinson is here, you know? Um, yeah, I would t- I'm going to take the Aztecs over the Owls. So I'm going to look at a UConn-San Diego State championship. And you go there, I still think it would be close. I think both both of the games are going to be closer for UConn than they would like. Because the last three games for Miami, 85, 89, 88. So they're scoring. They are scoring. And the one downside for Miami is that the point totals against are going up and up and up. You had, they beat Drake 63-56. They beat Indiana 85-69. The 
competition's going up, so is the opposing point total. So Miami, it's going to be close, but it may not necessarily be in their favor. But to comment on what you're saying, it's absolutely NIL. It's absolutely transfer portal. This is evening the playing field. The playing field is now even, you know? And I wonder, I wonder if this is going to be something that uh, that's that's going to be talked about, that they're going to try and uneven the playing field again. Because I believe there are current, there's currently a Supreme Court hearing about it. And, you know, you're not going to close Pandora's box. It's already open, but can you regulate it to where it's not as Wild Westy as it is? And I'm not necessarily sure that that's good for basketball either. I'm not 100% sold on the fact that, you know, that there's a caste system. There's got to be a healthy media. I think there's got to be healthy media. And this is, we're still very early on in the process, but, um, yeah, this is probably just going to be a one-off and everything's going to be stable moving forward. can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Pop Stars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Pop Stars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Pop Stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Fair or foul? Judging the more messed up moments of the week. All right, boys and girls, here's how it goes. We have a statement, and it's either fair or foul. Fair or foul, number one. Chris Ballard and the Colts are considering reaching out to Lamar Jackson. This is fair. If you are a team in need of a quarterback, and you plan on taking a quarterback in this year's draft, there is no reason why you don't reach out and talk to this guy because you're already spending a pick on a quarterback this year. What's another pick? What is it? It's, this guy is 26. Like, you know what he is. You have no idea what you're going to draft. This is 100% fair. It's absolutely fair. It's absolutely fair. Considering the fact that you went and got Shane Steckin, right? You went and got him. And... I'm sorry, who did he coach last year? A fellow by the name of Jalen Hurts. So, I think he he can probably do some things with a, a mobile quarterback. I'm just saying. He might be able he might be able to do some things with Lamar Jackson that will give you the division if you're the Colts. 
this division is winnable, right? The Titans, they're coming back to the pack. The Jags won the division on the last game of the season. So, if you're in the mix, um, not to mention the sorry no-account Houston Texans, go and get the quarterback. Yeah, you missed with Matt Ryan. You missed with Carson Wentz. You hit for one year with Phillip Rivers, who decided to go coach Alabama Catholic high school football. That's fine. You're getting a guy in his prime. You're going to put him behind a good offensive line, you know, anchored by Quentin Nelson. You have weapons. You have guys on defense. Why not? It makes too much sense, which is why it's not happening. It makes too much damn sense. Go and get your guy and take control of this division because you can. You absolutely can. Fair or foul, number two. The Dallas Mavericks trade for Kyrie Irving sunk the team. It's fair. It's fair. They gave some good players, and I get why they did it, because they weren't winning with them. They knew they were going to need more, but, you know, the trade sunk them, but also Luca. Like, Luca's a complainer. He just got a 16th tech rescinded. Like, dude, curse at them in your language. If You don't have to go right at the ref in English. Like, what's the matter with you? I, I really don't I, I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan I, I don't like where this is going and if they miss the playoffs this year after getting Irving and they're not able to bring him back what a disaster <sighs> I'm gonna say fair just from what we see the, the Mavericks are 7 and 9 without Kyrie Irving they're, they're 7 and 9 with him they were 30 and 30 without him so it's not like it was any great shakes, right? They're scoring six more points a game. That's it. <laughs> That's it. You traded all those guys to bring in Kyrie Irving for six more points per game. And all the drama that comes along with it. And now your star player is uncomfortable. Your second star player is uncomfortable. Your coach is trying to figure out how to coach this guy and your owner looks like a jackass well Mark Cuban usually looks like a jackass but it's not something that he's uncomfortable being but you blew up the team something needed to be done was it the right move no as it turns out it wasn't like this wasn't the right move the Porzingis trade wasn't the right move they're trying. They're trying. Get A for effort, but they're firmly in the middle. They're firmly in the middle at this point, and it's trending in the wrong direction. They're absolutely trending in the wrong direction. Luca is the team. The team is Luca. You need to be able to get somebody in there that works and plays well with Luka Doncic. Clearly, it's not Kyrie Irving. It wasn't Kristaps Porzingis. Who's it going to be? Like, clearly Luka needs the ball. You need a guy who's comfortable playing off the ball 
to complement what Luka does. Try and find him in the offseason, because this ain't it. Fair or foul, number three. JT Realmuto getting tossed after a miscommunication with the ump. Man, this was such trash. <laughs> it's foul. Like, you literally the pitch before, the, the umpire throws the ball back to the pitcher. In this situation, Real Muto's just looking for the ball, and then he's like, oh, I guess he's going to throw it to him. Pulls his glove, ump drops the ball, throws him out of the game. He's like, what the hell just happened? It's a fucking spring training game. Why are you throwing me out? Oh, foul. Completely foul. Like, I don't understand what the hell happened. Yes, Craig Kimbrell. There was a pitch clock violation against Craig Kimbrell. Shocker. With the whole, like, perched arm and all that nonsense, that he would get called for a pitch clock violation. I'm I'm just as shocked as you are. Then the pettiness. The Al Raboski pettiness. Oh, I don't like this ball. Throw it out. I don't, like this, I don't like this one either. I don't like this one either. Well, I don't like your face. How about that? <laughs> I don't like your face. I don't like your fucking face. How about that? And then Real Muto's not even looking at him. How can you, if you're Randy Rosenberg, and remember that name. Remember that name, Randy Rosenberg. Because you're probably never going to hear it again. <laughs> C.D. Buckner just got more games put on his schedule because this guy went and friggin' did this during a game. You can't in good conscience, you can't in good, honest faith say that JT Real Muto's even looking at you. He's not. He's looking practically straight ahead. If anything, you throw the ball back to the pitcher. That's all you have to do. Or, instead of throwing the first ball to Kimbrel, hand that one to Real Muto. There are ways to there were ways to get out of this and nobody looked good because then real muto's chapping you know he's chirping thompson's out there yelling like real muto is firing up the crowd like he was just in a hockey fight like it was just it's bizarre it's fucking bizarre and you know of course this is gonna fuel the whole robo umps argument like a robo ump wouldn't do this well yes the robo ump wouldn't have arms to give the ball back to the, to the catcher yes i agree but you know this this is insane even for baseball standards like the officiating is getting worse and worse and worse and now we know it's terrible in the minors too so that that's lovely but th- this was completely foul and i hope mr rosenberg enjoys his 15 minutes of fame because it's going to be a while before he is a uh, vacation replacement ump again. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for personal service quality products and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss 
The Grip, Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. We have a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout-out on this year's show and the coveted ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week, D? I don't. It was the NHL for their lack of pride during Pride Night. <laughs> but that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees, D? All right, well, first up, I've got your boy, Randy Rosenberg. Fire <laughs> from the... From the Philly spring training camp game, he ejected Riomuto because he missed the gl- because he missed the glove when he tried to put the ball when the, during the ball exchange. Dude, you need to go back to the minors and stay there, Randy Rosenberg. You, my alleged superstar of the week. I got another umpire on this list, Nick Lentz. Sergio Romo was trying to retire as a giant. <laughs> he comes into the game at Oracle Park. And you call two pitch clock violations on him. Two balls. Which makes him laugh. Like, it's a spring training game. This guy is trying to retire. Would you throw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar out of the game during his going farewell tour? Like, well, come on, man. the first man. to say farewell. <laughs> what are you doing? Nick Lenz, you are my legend superstar of the week. And last, and certainly least... The NBA Hall of Fame Election Committee. So let me get this straight. We're going to elect Dwayne Wade, Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. Tony Parker, mm-hmm. Dirk Lewinsky, Dervitsky, and Pau Gasol. Really? Pau in this group? Pau had six all-star appearances in 20 seasons, averaged 17 points a game, and he's going to the Hall of Fame with these guys? Jeez, man. The NBA Hall of Fame Election Committee. You are my alleged superstars of the week. Z, what do you got? Tough week to be an ump. That's it. Pow! Pow! 17 points per game for a fucking career. Mm. Six-time All-Star in 20 seasons. But him and Dirk are going yeah. in together. Wow. Oh, wow. it's it's the Euro class because Tony Parker's there too. So, you know, they just weren't trying to make it Euro heavy. Oh, I understand geez. that. So we're gonna start with Kyrie Irving. He's back. He's been, you know, he's been off for a while now. He's back. Getting a fan kicked out during a game last week. Rabbit ears, thin skin, fully engaged. Doesn't matter if he's in Boston. Doesn't matter if he's in Cleveland. Doesn't matter if he's in Brooklyn. Doesn't matter if he's in Dallas. 
Kyrie Irving is going to have rabbit ears and be thin-skinned. He is who he is. And he tanked the Mavericks. Kyrie Irving, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Here's a combo. The Nets and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is officially shut down for the season. And there is no timetable for when he shall return. In fact, he even said there may be... It may be 18 months before he can fully play again. How bad do the Nets look for making this trade? Like James Harden got out of Dodge so quickly, and he dodged a bullet because this is a huge friggin' dumpster fire. He's in a better situation in Philly. And the Nets continue to be a laughing stock. The Nets and Ben Simmons, you are my collective alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, the NFL. Tabling the conversations for Thursday Night Flex. Thankfully. Like, we don't, nobody wants the Thursday Night Flex game. Please don't do that. Let's, let's not even consider that an issue but just forget you even thought of that idea but you are pushing forward the idea of some teams having two Thursday night games whereas some having none well we all know who are not going to have any right teams like the Texans teams like the the teams that don't move the needle nationally. The problem is, is that you're going to you're going to make your best players more susceptible to injury because they're playing on shorter work weeks. It's pretty freaking stupid and short-sighted, all to justify this Amazon Prime deal. NFL, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ and vote, and vote, and vote, and vote, and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. air care maintenance or service i have the company for you air care technicians they service the westchester and northern bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs just give them a call at 914-315-1547 again that's 914-315-1547 or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that D&Z sent you. Order up! It is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are ordering up the top available NFL free agents. 
from five to one. Who you got, D? All right. Well, I'm starting off with some defensive backs. I'm going well, just one. Marcus Peters. You know, he gets a little wild, but he's still one of the best corners in the game. If I'm a team that's middle-of-the-road defense, I'm going to sign Marcus Peters. Uh, number four, Leonard Floyd. Another defensive guy. He's a competent linebacker. Only 30 years old. He was a ca- casualty in Los Angeles. It's not like he's a bad player. Leonard Floyd can help a lot of teams in this league. Another defensive guy. Got Frank Clark. This is a two-time Super Bowl champ. He gets the job done. Uh, number two, Zeke Elliott. I'm surprised more teams are not interested. Now, he's given his wish list as the Bengals, the Eagles the Jets, but you know, he can help a lot of other teams. He may not be worth all the money, but two-time rushing champ, he's got a nose to the end zone. His numbers have never gone down, but you know, you def- definitely don't want to pay him all that number, all that money. Number one, I'm going to say it's Taylor Luan. He's 31 years old. He's a left tackle. He would be a boost to any team's offensive line. What do you got, Z? Great choices. You know, we do have a little bit of overlap. Definitely. Um, we have him in different spots, though. I have Frank Clark at number five. I think okay. Frank Clark, you know, 29, eight-year pro, anchor of the Chiefs D. He's definitely got some – he's got some tread left on that tire, and whoever takes him on is going to get a very good player. Number four. I'm with you. Uh, Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan is a very solid left tackle. Right? He protected Ryan Tehan in the last for years. So, like, he's able, you know, he's going to latch on somewhere and he's going to he's going to solidify. He's definitely going to solidify an offensive line somewhere. Number three, I'm going to take Donovan Smith over Lewan just because he's two years younger. He has eight years of experience, but he is two years younger than Taylor Lewan. So that's going to be something that I think is going to be a little more palatable and a little bit more intriguing for teams. Number two, this was tough because there are two pretty big names. And like both guys are both guys are studs in their own right. But for number two, I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette. I think Le- I think playoff Lenny's got playoff some Lenny. Uh, playoff Lenny's got some tread on the tire, and I think that he's going to end up in a good situation, and he's going to be an impact player like he was when he first got to the Bucks. Uh, he's you know he's definitely you know he's seen better days. Sure, we all have. <laughs> but you know what? Like, he's the kind of guy. He was motivated, and he got into amazing shape, and he proved people wrong. It's time for Leonard Fournette to do it again. And number one, I love Byron Jones. Like, I I think Byron Jones is a really good corner, one of the best in the league. I think he's going to be a, a shutdown corner on one side. Whoever picks him up, a casualty for the Dolphins, 
missed some time last year, but he is a quality, he is a stud player, and whoever picks him up is going to be very, very pleased that they did. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast on Wednesday night on iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go around, but we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.